Let's give the Lord a clap offering, shall we? <laughs> Golly. <laughs> Thank you, Dean and worship team. You know, is there anything any more oh, incomprehensible? <laughs> than that the God of this creation, the God of this world, would call you and me his friend. Father, would you grant us today access into the revelation of your Word? And by your Spirit, would you enable every one of us to come into your banquet-eating table and to recognize that your banner over us because of Jesus is love. And everybody said together. Amen. Well, that's pretty amazing, isn't it? See if I can get my glasses out here. Oh, there's a real quick announcement. Uh, let me do this real fast. The number of the ladies actually in our church, a small group, um, they're actually um, raising some uh, funds and uh, some gifts for an orphanage in Romania. Uh, now, this is not a formal ministry of Murgrove. This is a, one of those spontaneous things that's happening in the kingdom, and they just asked me to do a quick announcement, so I said, yeah, that's really good. Why? Because God's into um, capturing the hearts of orphans. That's us. And drawing us into his family. So if you'd like more information about it, it's going to happen. There's a little kind of get-together on Sunday, uh, next Sunday, the 18th, from 2 to 4, and it's kind of a floating time at the Dance Art uh, Conservatory on Military Cutoff, and if you'd like more information, uh, Rebecca, are you still here? She'll probably be coming back in a minute. Rebecca, who is up here singing, you can contact her. Anna Mattis, raise your hand. You can uh, contact her as well. And uh, it's going to be a kind of a neat thing that they're doing for some orphans. Isn't it good that God has a heart for orphans? Oh, God. <laughs> and such were each of us. Well, turn with me, if you would. <clears throat> to Genesis chapter 1. Um, this is Mother's Day. And um, when I was thinking and praying about mothers and Mother's Day, I began to recognize that they're really very special people. We got any mothers in here? Somebody say something. Oh yeah, Woo, we're special people. But guess what? If you're not a mother and you are female you are not a second-class citizen by virtue of not having had children. Anybody, anybody in here in that category? Come on. Woo. God, so this is really, you know, as, as laudable is and as amazing the gift of mothers are, uh, and none of us would be here without them, um, this sermon, I've sort, I'd change the title if I could. But Jeff already put it out on the sign, and I already put it different places and emailed it out. I'd change it to the celebration of the daughters of Eve. Because every one of you who are here and female, uh, you would fall into that category. Now, if you're sitting here as a man and you go, oh, there's nothing in here for me, every time I talk about women, 
you could put yourself in there. Oh, that relates to me too. So, here we go. Genesis chapter 1. Uh, let's begin reading um, in verse, uh, let's say 14. This is the fourth day of creation. Now, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, God created everything we see around us. And it was God's heart to populate what He created with living things. Uh, animals and birds and, you know, fishes and, 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 and everything on the earth. And He finally comes to um, this fourth day of creation and He says, you know, we've got to divide this, the sun uh, and the, the light from the darkness. So, picking that up then on the fourth day of creation, verse 15... Uh, it says this. Actually, verse, it starts in 14, but let's begin at 16. Genesis 1, verse 16. Then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day. Anybody know what that was? The sun. God created the greater light to rule the day, and it says that He, he made the lesser light to rule the night, and He also made the stars. So God made the sun... And God made the moon to part the, the day from the night, and He made the sun to rule over the day and the moon to rule over the night. Now, I know you don't have a clue what I'm talking about yet, but that's okay. Let's just keep reading. And then, verse 17, God set them in the firmament of the heavens. This was their purpose, to give light to the earth. The sun in the day and the moon in the night both had similar purposes to give light to the earth. Verse 18, and to rule over the day uh, and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness and God saw that it was good. Verse 19, so the evening and the morning were the fourth day. Now what I want you to see here, this is uh, not only a, an amazing feat that no human mind could comprehend, God said and God created. You, you ever look into those National Geographic things, you know, or, and look at these, these uh, close-up pictures of the sun? I couldn't begin to describe that from a physics perspective. But what I do know, and the little bit I know about the sun, is the sun is the source of light and warmth and energy, and therefore life that comes to the earth. I know that it's hot. I know that it gives warmth. I know that it gives light. And the sun is the therefore the essence of light and warmth and therefore life. But this is what I also know about the moon. God said the greater uh, light, the sun, and the moon are equally important. Now what is this thing about the moon? Now the moon... I've seen pictures, never having been there, but I'm told that some people have actually journeyed to the moon. I know some people don't believe that. They think that was all a conspiracy theory. But even if it wasn't the truth, the pictures that I understand, I believe they went there, uh, but the pictures I know about the moon is that it is this uh, rather dark uh, environment that's filled with dust. You've seen them jumping on the, source, on the face of the moon, and craters and mountains and valleys and all that stuff. And I go, the moon. But here's what happens between the sun and the moon. God made them both 
One to be the, 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 the source of light and warmth and life, and the other was equally important because it would reflect the light of the sun, it would bear the image of the sun, and it would give light in the midst of the darkness. We could spend an hour just on that concept that the sun was the essence of light and life and warmth, etc., to the earth, but equally important was the moon in bearing the image of the sun, reflecting the image of the sun back to the earth. And I'm so glad there's a moon on really, really dark nights. Aren't you? Okay, now that, whereas it is a physiological reality in creation, it's also a massive metaphor. It's a figure that you can begin to... The fourth day of creation, God created the source of light and he created a body that would then reflect the light, bear the image of the light, back in the midst of darkness. Now, there's a relationship, therefore, between the sun and the moon. Now let's leave that for a moment and kind of go forward to the sixth day of creation, and that's also found in Genesis chapter 1. I want to read beginning at verse 26. I read it last week, but it bears reading again. Um, it says this, verse 26 of chapter 1 of Genesis. It's kind of the, I don't know, kind of the recapitulation. It's a continuation, and it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. And then in verse 27 it says, that, So God created man in his image, and in, his, in the image of God he created him, Male and female, he created them. Now let's connect the dots. God created the sun to be the essence, the source of light and warmth and life on planet earth, and he created the moon for one primary purpose, to rule in the midst of the darkness by means of bearing the image of the sun and reflecting the sun back to earth. Now God created... Man, in that very same way, male and female, he created them, and God created them to bear his likeness and bear his image uh, so that men and women would reflect back into the life of the earth in which they live the likeness and the very presence of God. Which is to say, if you would allow the metaphor to kind of go forward, um, there is nothing in us that is the source of light itself, like the sun. The moon is not the source or the essence of light. In the same way, God created man and women in his likeness, and there's nothing in us except by virtue of God's purpose, we are to be those and are those who bear the image of God himself in the midst of the dark places. We're kind of like the moon. We bear the image of God Himself and reflect His image back into the life in which we live. And sometimes the places where we live is rather dark. Can anyone say amen to that? Now God is the source of light, warmth, and life. 
and the moon reflects it. God is the source of light. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. And we get to reflect His image every place we go. Now, God made male and female. He created them in order to bear His image. So um, we're talking about mothers here this morning. Mothers, but I want to expand it, the daughters of Eve and fathers and men. But we're talking about the daughters of Eve here, those who are mothers and those who are, are not mothers. God made them, made us, made you in the image of God to reflect His goodness and His presence. Now, God made you, therefore, female in order to bear your likeness, to bear His likeness. God made moms to bear His image in the midst of difficult circumstances sometimes. God created women to reflect His glory. Oh, and men. But God made you girls to reflect the image of God. Now, here's the deal. Uh, this is the celebration of Mother's Day. Now, let me drop over one chapter to Genesis chapter 3. Let's look at verse 20 for just a minute. This was after the fall. God created them to reflect and to bear the image of God. And they got in trouble because you remember the story. The snake came in and said, God, doesn't want you, God got something for you and He doesn't want you to have it. And basically that was it. So they were tempted to eat then, and they did, from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The enemy tempted them to eat from something in order that they might be like God. Anybody get that? They were already like God. They were made in His image. They were made to reflect and to bear His promise, but the enemy messed with them and said, you're not like God. That is what I'm driving at. Many in the church do not understand who they are. And Adam, verse 20 of chapter 3, called his wife Eve because she was the mother of everything living. Now, there's a play on words here I won't really go into. I'll just tag it. But after every day of creation, it says, And evening and morning was the end of day one, day two, day three, day four. Now, evening, Eve's existence, was, was given in order to reflect back the image of God, and walk in places just like the moon to reflect uh, life and light and warmth, etc., etc., into the circumstances where you're now planted, whether you're a mother or whether you're not, whether, whether you're older or whether you're younger. If you are female and male, God has chosen you and caused you to be a reflection of His image. Now, here's the, here's the transition I want you to realize. Your greatest temptation as a mom. Your greatest temptation as a woman. And your greatest temptation as a man is to try to understand who you are by virtue of yourself. Uh, to identify and define yourself based upon what you do. Because if you, if you do right, then you might say, I'm pretty good, I'm doing pretty well. But what if you're doing not so right? And both are equally fallacious. 
The, there's a fallacy that you are not what you do, whether it's good, and you're not what you do, even if you're bad. Now, let's push that a little bit further. Some of us have many things for which we're very grateful. But I am not, and you are not, women, what you have. And some of you have a lot, and you might say, Oh, just so grateful, glory to God, I am, everything is good, I have everything I want. But what if you don't have everything, ladies? You don't define yourself by what you have or what you don't have. You don't define yourself by what you do or what you don't do. And by the way, you can't define yourself by what you did any more than you can define yourself by what you do now. You see, the definition of who we are as people is that we have been made in the image of God and to bear His likeness. So I am sort of like the, the lifeless moon Dust, if you will, they were created from the dust, and the craters in the mountains, but my purpose is still not to worry about my dust or my craters. The issue about the moon is that it gets to reflect the image of God and bear its image in the place of darkness, and that's your purpose as a woman. That's your purpose as a man. You get to bear the image of God in every circumstance, be they good or be they difficult, regardless of what you have or regardless of what you don't have, regardless of what you've done or what you will do in the future. We are created to, to be a representative of who we are. You are who God therefore says you are. And God says in creation, verse 26 and 27, that He created you to bear His image. Now, if you look at the moon and the sun, I'm connecting the dots. God made the moon and He did it with purpose so that it would bear light, His light, the light of the sun in the midst of dark places. Brothers and sisters, that is your purpose in life, to bear the image of God and be a reflection of His light regardless of your circumstances. You know what? As I talk to women, I find out that not all women are in a place of glorious existence. Anybody fit that, by the way? Real quick. Ooh, that's me. Okay. Not all women are in a place where everything is awesome. There are some of us here, probably a lot of us here, that are in difficult straits. The pain that happens at Mother's Day can be enormous. Because you might be a mother and your kids aren't where you would like them to be. Okay? Uh, you might not be a mother, but you want to be a mother. And your heart is broken. Oh, God, I want to be a mom. But I'm not. I want to be married. But I'm not. But in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the difficulties, in the midst of the dark places, God has still made you daughters of Eve to reflect His purpose, reflect His life, reflect His love in the midst of whether your situation is glorious right now or regardless of whether it's very difficult. You following what I'm saying? Now this is going somewhere and we'll get there in a hurry here right now, but I just want you to see that, uh, that, that God has made... Uh, we are who God says we are. So I reflect His presence. Uh, we reflect the light of God. Now, how can I, how can I as a woman, okay, how can you as a woman, 
How can we, whether you're a woman or a man, how can we, here's the question, how can we reflect uh, the, the light in the midst of a difficult place? Because I bet you if we took a poll and said, okay, every woman stand up, and all of those of you who are in a place of, of everything is awesome, keep standing, and everybody else sit down, there might be three or four standing. It doesn't mean things are falling apart necessarily, but it means life happens. Now, how can I then, as a woman, as a mother, uh, as a single mom, as a stepmom whose kids aren't her own, but she still has the responsibility, you know, on and on and on, how can we then rule in the midst of our situation? That's the question. Now, I began to contemplate on that question, how do I rule, how do I reflect the presence of God in my circumstance? How do I bear His image in the midst of places that are sometimes unbearable? That's where we're going. So turn to the book of Romans, chapter 5. The book of Romans, chapter 5. Now I commend this to your own study uh, because um, in this text we find exactly what what I'm trying to describe, how do we overcome life's most difficult, dark places? And we could define hundreds of them should we have time to do so this morning. Verse 17 says this. Now, and we must remember that we were made to bear and to reflect. Bear the image of God and reflect His image back into the, the earth in which we live, into the dark places that were whatever they are, whether they're light or whether they're dark, were to reflect His light back into those circumstances. Verse 17, let's look at this. Verse 17 of Romans chapter 5. It says, But if by one man's offense death reigned through one... Now, notice who was that? Now, if by one man's offense... You see, that's the man. He created them male and female. That was Adam and Eve. And he blew it. And if by his one offense, you inherited that offense, and so did I. See, that's what the Apostle Paul is talking about here. So if by one man's offense, death and darkness and difficulty and deception, and on and on, I could list a whole string of D words, but if by one man's offense, death reigned through one man, here's how we reflect in the midst of darkness. Much more, though, I'm reading from the New King James Version. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace. Now, note the word receive. Those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, capital O, through the one, Jesus Christ. Now, what did the Apostle Paul just say there? What he said is that if by one person's transgression, Adam and Eve, uh, we all fall short and we all inherit his, his nature, um, and if that is true, much more those who receive the abundance of grace. Now, what is grace? Grace isn't just to cover you when you sin, though I'm glad that it is. It's unmerited favor. I don't merit it. But grace is also the empowering of God. 
released into your life. It is as if the sun over here is emanating from its essence, light and life, and God is saying when you receive the grace of God, the enablement of God, uh, and the abundance of His, His grace, uh, that He makes us righteous. The gift of the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, that is what will cause you to reign through uh, life, through the one, Christ Jesus. Okay, let's think about that for just a minute. Only take a second. You're in the midst of a dark place, moms. You're in the midst of a difficult circumstance, ladies. And guys, you're not excluded from this. And you have inherited that, by and large, because of a, a, your predecessor, your great-great-great-great-great-grandfather and mother, Adam and Eve, made an unwise choice, and that was credited to our accounts. We all got it. It's called this thing of sin. We just want it our way. Now, this verse is saying that through that offense, death reigned through that one, but much more, those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will begin to reign in their circumstances in life. So if you're here this morning and you're saying, I don't get this. How do I start to reflect? Okay, I know, okay I'm the moon, and I'm, I recognize I'm not the sun. Okay, and I got this thing on Adam's, uh, because of Adam and, and Eve, and, and now I'm in the midst of a dark place. How do I reign? How do I rule? How do I let the life of God re- be reflected, or if you prefer, refracted like a prism through me, so that I would bear His image in dark places? Now the key, if you're awake and listening this morning, the key then is through receiving the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. Let's read on just a little bit further. Therefore, Paul says, as through one man's offense, listen to this, judgment came to all men resulting in their condemnation. Some of you are living right now in the inappropriate judgment and condemnation that you have inherited from your forefathers and mothers. That's what this says. Therefore, as through one man's offense, Adam's judgment came to everybody, resulting in condemnation. See, that's the bad news, but here's the good news. Even so, through one man's righteous act. Oh, 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 what's that? I want in on that. Through one man's righteous act, um, the free gift came to all men, resulting in justification. The one man's righteous act looked something like a man who walked 2,000 years ago whom they gave the name of Jesus, lived a life that was holy and righteous that you and I could never live. He represented the life of the Father perfectly by reflecting back to each one of us the life and the light and the warmth of God. And he said, this is open to you. Now, his righteous act was he went to a cross that looked something like this one. I suspect it was a little more gnarly. Uh, Maybe it was a little more um, rough-hewn. But on that cross, he did something for you 
and for me, that He took you, girls, and He puts you in Himself. And now when we read this, this text in Romans chapter 5, it says that through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to everybody, to all men, resulting in justification. Now those are big words. What does that mean? That means God has legally said something through this one act of Jesus dying on the cross. Oh, good. That, tell, tell me, what did He say? He said, you are not guilty. And no longer do you have to walk in condemnation. You see, that's verse, that's verse 18. Through one man's disobedience and the offense, judgment came to all men, resulting in com- condemnation. Even so, through one man's righteous act, the free gift came to all men, resulting in their justification. Justification, what that means, is that the high judge of the universe has looked at you and said, because of Adam's sin, I've got to charge you with his sin. But because of the one act of my righteous son Jesus on a cross, I am now going to declare you not guilty. Does anybody get that besides me? You see, at that point, that's where we should take out the hankies and go, Oh, God, I don't deserve it. I deserve over here to be dead, but you have given me because of the righteous act of Jesus. You have said that me, you have said to moms, you have said to women everywhere, and you've also said to men that you are now not guilty. That means you are justified before God. You say, oh, I don't feel like it. You know what? That is absolutely irrelevant. It is absolutely irrelevant because it's not based upon what you did, not based upon what you do. It's not based upon anything you have, anything you don't have. It's based upon the one righteous act of Jesus. And when we receive what He did, God says that we are justified. Let's read on. It gets better. Verse 19, For as by one man's disobedience many became sinners. Come on, boo. Boo. That's me. Through his, through, through his disobedience, we became sinners. So also, by one man's obedience, that's Jesus. Through his one man's obedience, many were made righteous. Now, beloved... We don't understand that in the American church. What we believe is that we start our life in Jesus and He esponges all of our guilt and all of our shame and all of our sin in the past. And to that we go, we believe the gospel. But what the gospel means is that God has said you are now not guilty, not just because of your sin in the past, but your sin in the present and also your sin in the future. Now, how can you say that? Because you are hidden in the man, Christ Jesus. That's why I stuck the little carnation up there. You see, that's me. Girls, that's you. Moms, that's you. Women, that's you. Dads, that's you. Men, that's us. And it's not about us. You see, moreover, the law then entered, verse 20, the law entered in order uh, that the offense might abound. The law of Moses then was given in order for it to be a grand uh, magnifying glass in order to magnify my sin. 
That's what that verse 20 says. And, and, but where sin abounded, grace abounds all the more. It's no longer about my sin. It's not about what I do. It's about what He did. Now, when I understand the free gift that He uh, imparted to me, that He imputed to my account, that He credited to your account, though you don't deserve it, that begins to change how I view myself, how I view God, and how I view other people. So that now I come to the place of, God, I can't love this person in this desperately difficult circumstance. And He says, you're not supposed to. I'm supposed to love them through you. Oh, I'm to reflect you. I'm, I'm to carry your presence. I'm to bear your presence. So it's not about me performing. It's about Jesus living His life in us, um, loving other people through us when we can't be loving, forgiving other people when it's hard to forgive. That's God in you who is doing the work and you're simply reflecting and bearing His image back to the people of the earth. Now, we sort of get that. Let me push it one more level, and then we'll, we'll end here. You see, we reign, verse 17 says, in the midst of difficult circumstances when we receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness. That is what causes you to reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ. Now, if you're here and you're saying, you know what, I'm not doing a very good job of reigning, and I would say, that's okay, neither am I. But what we're learning is that the way we reign is just to get out of the way and to recognize we can only bear His image. That He wants to reign through me. I think this is the key. This is the key of the, of the gospel to the transformation of nations. It's not by our working harder. It's not by our... We got the notion that somehow we're righteous if we don't smoke in the South. You hear what I'm saying? I'm not a smoker. But to attach somehow this significance on something that I do is an absolute uh, abomination to the good news of what Jesus did. Jesus paid it all. All to Him I owe. Sin in its many forms has left a crimson stain, but He washed them white as snow. Hence the, the white shroud that we have on the cross. Now, Okay, through one man's righteous act on the cross, we are justified and we are made righteous. Now what that means is that God simply pours into your account what you couldn't do on your own. Somebody on Wednesday night said, you know what? God doesn't give us what we deserve. That's mercy. But God does give us what we don't deserve. That's His love and His grace. You see, and brothers and sisters, that's the gospel that I'm sharing with you this morning. Let me look at one more, one more text, and that's over in Romans chapter 9. Now, if you read the book of Romans, if you want to study on your own, read chapter 3. There's only one way to be righteous, and that is through Jesus from faith to faith. As it is written, the just will live by faith. That's chapter 1. Chapter 3 says there's now a righteousness that comes from God. 
See, now this term, righteousness of God, is what we're talking about. And I want to conclude with this. I shared this with our intercessors on Wednesday night. Verse 30 of chapter 9. Now the Apostle Paul is thinking about his countrymen, Israel. And he says this, verse 30. Which, how do I get into, if this, if this is good news, how do I get in? See, that's the question. You see, we try to get in by trying harder. We try to get in by not doing this. We try to get in by performance. And, and the clear admonition of Scripture is that's not how you get in. You receive the gift of righteousness and, and grace. Now, Paul says in verse 30 of chapter 9 of Romans... At least make a note of that so you can read it later. He says this. Now what shall we say then that the Gentiles... Now who were the Gentiles? They were just good old pagan folk that were non-Israel. That's what it means. It means they were not Israel. Good old lost pagan people. And that's most of us. Now Paul says, what shall we say then that the Gentiles who do not pursue righteousness have attained to righteousness even the righteousness of faith now Paul's scratching his head there going these bunch of pagan losers what are we going to say they're not going after God and they've attained to the righteousness of God even though they weren't pursuing it verse 31 but Israel on the other hand pursuing the law of righteousness what's that mean they were pursuing how to be righteous by keeping the law Pursuing the law of righteousness has not attained to the law of righteousness. Why? Verse 32. You ought to really read this. It says, because they did not seek it to be righteous by faith. But as it is written, by the works of the law, for they stumble at the stumbling stone... I want to conclude by what is this stumbling stone that the Gentiles, that Israel stumbled over. It wasn't just Jesus. It was Jesus is our righteousness. Because they thought, okay, Jesus can save us, but now I've got to keep the law. No, they stumbled, verse uh, 33, as it's written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling stone and a rock of offense, and whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Now that's a quote from Jeremiah 23, 6. Jeremiah 23, 6. Now what Jeremiah 23, 6 is, um, I could give you kind of a paraphrase, but let me just see if I can turn there real quick. Well, anyway, it, it talks about the righteous branch, capital B. God's raising up a righteous branch. And those who would trust in Him would never be put to shame. And He will be called, it says at the end of that text, my best Hebrew translation is Jehovah Sid Canoe. The Lord is our righteousness. That's what they stumbled over. They didn't stumble over just Jesus and His death on the cross. They stumbled that, at the Gospel that says, I am going to make those who did not seek Me to be righteous in My eyes, even though they weren't looking for Me, they got it and they'll get it by faith. Whereas those who, who tried to get righteous because of what they do stumble over the stumbling stone that is 
Jehovah, our righteousness. Now let me look at one more verse, chapter 10, verse 3. It says, For they, the Jews, were ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, having not submitted to the righteousness of God, which is through faith. Verse 4 of chapter 10, For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. The issue is faith receiving the abundance of grace, the unimaginable love of God as a simple gift, receiving that, and you receive it, Paul says in Romans 9 and elsewhere, Romans 3, and Romans 5, you receive it by faith. Most of us don't want to believe God. We'd rather perform and try to be good enough. Now, don't misunderstand me. God is not easy on sin. In fact, He caused His one and only Son to go to a cross and on it give his life so that I might receive his abundant mercy, his grace, and his love. Now how am I then, and moms in the midst of your darkness, how will you then reflect the life of God? How will you bear the image of God in your circumstance? It always comes down to believing God not believing yourself. Because there are times when you're going to be rinsing out those diapers, or I guess most of you throw them away now. Maybe some of you still rinse a few. But you see, there are times when you go, God, what difference do I make? I... And God simply says, you are who I say you are. And when we begin to understand you are who God says you are, a perfect reflection of His life and His light, a bearer of His image. When you're impatient, you simply say, God, I'm impatient. He goes, oh, yeah, I know. But I am your patience. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. You see, when you can't love your husband when he's a jerk, it's the love of God in you that can love Him. When you need to forgive and you can't forgive and you don't want to forgive, it's the grace of God working in you to empower you to then reflect and bear the image of God in your context of difficulty and darkness. How do I receive the righteousness of God? We don't stumble at the stumbling stone, which is Jesus, our righteousness. Beloved, you've just heard the best news I could ever tell you about. The best news changes people at the root of who they are. Do we, does God still do good works through us? Of course, but they can't save us. But they can reflect His presence in us and through us. I want to pray for moms this morning. I want to pray for women this morning 
I want to pray for girls this morning. I want to pray for those of you who've never been married or are married. I want to pray for anybody who is female this morning. Because this is a celebration of the daughters of Eve who were made to rule over the darkness by virtue of shining back, reflecting, and bearing the image of the Son who is Jesus in your life. So if you're female, old or young, black or white, rich or poor or anything, stand up. Because I want us just to pray and bless you because God sees your task as a woman. And he said, I've created you to bear my image right there in the midst of it. Now, sometimes God delivers us out of our tough places. I love that. But sometimes he just lets you shine in the midst of it. Now, if you're sitting around those who are now standing, I want you to stand up and get around them. And just you know, put a hand maybe on the back of their neck or maybe take their hand, whatever's whatever's comfortable for them. And let's just, let's just bless them, okay? So now, now you're going to have to look around because there might be some ladies standing and they don't have a hand on them or near them. Or, you know, just put your hand on their, on, their, um, on their arm. And let's just begin to bless uh, these women. Uh, I don't know if Dean's here, or Dean, if you could come, or, or Joseph, or whatever. I just want to pray for y'all. Because like that little rose up there in the midst of the cross. That's how God sees you, tucked away in Him. You're the apple of His eye. You're the, Jesus was the rose of Sharon. And he's in you. Father, what a joy it is to bless the women of this congregation. Lord, what a joy it is to bless those who sometimes don't feel like they're loved and like they make a difference. But Lord, it is your life in them that causes them to reflect the image of God. So Lord, you know the hard places and you know the easy places. And Lord, you're the one that gives grace and abundant mercy in whatever places that we live. Father, thank you for the good news of the gospel. That even though when we don't deserve, you always say, oh yes, but Jesus. You said that you would make those who receive you by faith righteous. That you would credit to their accounts. Lord, their bank accounts have been bankrupt, but you have put into their account infinite value and worth 
simply by your living your life in them. So, Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would begin a transformational work inside each one of us. These women, these moms, these stepmoms, these women who've never been married, those who may never be married, and God, in the midst of whatever place they're walking in, Lord, would you cause them to be a light in the midst of the darkness by virtue of your light living in and being reflected through their lives. Lord, we honor our moms. We bless them today. They do so much more than most of us ever understand. But Lord, we bless the daughters of Eve, those who are married and those who are not. And God, we bless the sons of, of Adam as well both created in the image to bear your image and God through the gospel you have made that a reality now if you're standing here today and you have never made connection by receiving Jesus I'm not going to ask you to come forward if you've never had certainty in your heart that through faith alone God sees you as righteous what I want you to do is just open up your heart, cast the doors open, and say, God, I'm hearing your word for perhaps the very first time, and I thank you that you have justified me through the blood of Jesus. You have called me righteous because of the one who is righteous. You've taken my sin upon yourself on the cross, and you've given to my account the free gift of life, and righteousness through your son would you do that quietly and just whisper it to God father make me a man of faith make me a woman of faith cause me to live my life in the midst of this circumstance I'm living in as a light to all who would see your presence in me and through me God, we bless these women, we bless these girls, we bless these moms. And God, we bless these men who are touching them right now as well. And Father, we're grateful that we have received the good news of the gospel through the blood of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. If you'd like special prayer before you slip out, I'm going to ask some of our elders and ministry team to come. This is a day of jubilation and celebration because God has given you everything you need in the person of Jesus. God bless you and have a wonderful day today because of Him.